2: It's 9.30 in 716.
3: I'm Susan Rose.
2: I'm Brian Maserowski. A warmer start for us outside 57 degrees in Buffalo.
3: Buffalo School Superintendent Dr. Tanja Williams addressing the large fight that broke out Tuesday outside McKinley High School. The students in Buffalo Public Schools are not out of control. They are not. Yesterday, we had an unfortunate situation which happened with some of our McKinley students who made poor decisions they are not out of control they are students who have been impacted by a global pandemic as most all of us has and as students have across our state in our country.
2: One student arrested Tuesday. A couple hundred students believed to have participated in that incident. The district changing its after-school procedures after this. McKinley will now stagger dismissal with grades 9 and 10 leaving from one door and after several other minutes 11th and 12th graders leaving through another.
3: Buffalo Police Commissioner Joe Grimalia describing how police dealt with that matter.
2: Uh, There were numerous fights that were breaking out. Uh, Our
1: officers were being physically engaged by uh, kids that were involved in fights. Uh, Pepper spray was used by at least a couple of officers as a crowd dispersal method. That's exactly what pepper spray is designed for and used for. Um, It's an effective, uh, less lethal, non-physical option. Uh, Nobody was hurt to the best of our information. Uh, So in in, in my eyes, it was a successful deployment of pepper spray.
3: Kermalia warned students and parents that police will continue to take action and prosecute students when necessary.
2: We will be talking more about this with Erie County D.A. John Flynn later this morning. Crime Stoppers asking the public for help related to a Wednesday morning homicide. 45-year-old Adam Benefield currently wanted for questioning in the murder of 30-year-old Kira Hudson. Hudson was shot and killed yesterday morning on the corner of Lawn and Shawnee Avenue at around 8.30 while inside a vehicle. Crime Stopper says Benefield should be considered dangerous, a reward of up to $2,500 being offered to anyone with information. Anyone can come forward to contact Crime Stoppers of Western New York.
3: Just as prices have been going down at the pump, News from overseas has everyone bracing for another increase. WBEN's Brayton Wilson is here with more.
4: It was announced on Wednesday by the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, or the OPEC Alliance, to sharply cut oil production to support sagging oil prices. It's a move that could deal another blow to a struggling global economy while also raising gas prices for drivers across the United States.
0: I think certainly some areas of the country will see the increases. There's a lot of complexities going on because of uh, refinery issues in some regions in the country. But for Buffalo, for much of New York, I do think that we've already seen some of the impact. Prices have inched up a little bit, but over the next week or two, we could see prices moving up another 10, maybe 20 cents a gallon as a result of OPEC's cutting production.
4: That's Patrick Dehan, head of petroleum analysis for GasBuddy. OPEC agreed to a two million barrels a day cut in oil production, which the group says was a decision based on the uncertainty that surrounds the global economic and oil market outlooks. So what should drivers expect in Western New York when they go to their local gas station to fill up their tanks in the coming weeks and months? While well, prices could take a turn upwards in the short term, DeHaan actually sees the region trending towards seeing gas prices drop once again, perhaps even lower than where they are right now. Well, a
0: lot of it is going to be based on if OPEC makes further cuts to production. It's going to be based on refineries. We've had a lot of those issues here in the fall so far, especially in the West Coast and in the Great Lakes. They so far haven't really impacted much of New York, but I think prices could go down a little bit here over the next couple of months. Maybe not immediately because of OPEC's decision, but by the end of the year, we could be a bit lower than where we stand today. But so many different wild cards could change. Economic data, COVID, OPEC production, all of that could change. So it's certainly a very turbulent time right now for prices.
4: More on the impacts of OPEC's cutback in oil production is available for you online. Brayton Wilson,
2: WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you. That reduction by 2 million barrels a day could lead to big increases in energy costs, including for gas, home heating, and that's not all. Hopper economist Haley Berg says the OPEC announcement already impacting holiday travel.
5: After about October 20th, we'll see airfare rise between 10 and $15 per day. For each holiday, those holidays will peak at over $500. All right,
2: something to watch out for earlier this week. We were telling you, um, you know, maybe wait a little longer, but not too long. The sweet spot is coming up. Uh, now with this new announcement, could throw everything right. into uh, whack once again.
3: Labor Department releasing its weekly jobless claim numbers later this morning. The job sector is one of the few bright spots in the economy with hiring remaining strong. Today's jobless claims numbers are the first employment data that we'll get from the government since a report that showed job openings fell 10% from July to August. The Labor Department's September employment numbers will be released on Friday. That's Derry Albinger reporting.
2: Well, President Biden toured the Hurricane Ian storm damage with Florida's governor.
1: Governor Ron DeSantis welcoming President Biden to Florida after Hurricane Ian. And the floor is yours. The two apparently putting politics aside, with the president thanking DeSantis for the state's hurricane response, and the Republican governor thanking the president for issuing a disaster declaration even before Ian hit. It was a
2: disturbance, but people knew that it could grow, so we appreciated that quick action.
1: President Biden touring some of the storm damage. And telling residents without insurance or who are underinsured and suffered major losses, there's up to $37,900 available in federal funding. Derek Dennis, ABC News.
3: An undisclosed settlement has been reached in the wrongful death lawsuit filed against producers of the movie Rust and Alec Baldwin.
4: In a statement released by his lawyers, Matthew Hutchins, husband of slain cinematographer Helena Hutchins, says he has, quote, no interest in engaging in recriminations or attribution of blame. All of us believe Helena's death was a terrible accident. Helena Hutchins was killed in October of last year when a live round discharged from a prop gun held by Alec Baldwin during filming on the movie. Matthew Hutchins says he's also boarded Rust as an executive producer and that production will resume in January with all the principal players. The criminal investigation into the incident is still ongoing. Matt Wolf, ABC News.
1: The exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast for the day today calls for a mostly cloudy sky. Temperatures top out into the upper 60s to near 70 degrees, so one more mild day before the chilly feel of fall returns. The wind out of the southwest for this afternoon. Tonight's cloudy with some scattered showers developing later into the night, the low in the upper 40s. Tomorrow starts out in the mid 50s before sunrise, then temperatures in the afternoon are in the upper 40s with lake induced rain showers and a mostly cloudy sky. With your exclusive WBN weather forecast on meteorologist Josh Nichols.
2: Steve Tybord joins us now from 8 Days of Hope an organization that is sending a whole bunch of volunteers down to Florida to help rebuild after Hurricane Ian. Steve, thanks for being with us this morning. You're down there right now. I What was your first impression when you got there after the hurricane hit?
1: You know, we've been doing this for 17 years, and you always think you know what you're going to see. But every time, it's a little bit different. You know, this was the perfect storm. You know, Hurricane Harvey uh, was mainly flooding, 330,000 homes flooded. Hurricane Michael uh, was a windstorm. Uh, Hurricane Ian was both. So, you know, when you're at Fort Myers Beach area and uh, the, the towns that are nearby, it's complete devastation. And then even, you know, 60 miles away, the tree damage uh, laying on fences and, and roofs and the shingles that have been lost, it's uh, it's quite extensive.
3: So Steve, you know, at this initial stage here, are you rebuilding yet? Or are you still kind of clearing things away?
1: Yeah, you're right. The rebuilding will not happen for, uh, for multiple months because there's so many things that have to happen Uh, Insurance companies have to be able to get in there safely, have a place to stay, and there's so many homes that have been damaged. Pretty much what we've been doing since Sunday is the homes that flooded, you need to get all the moisture out of the house. And so the volunteers, you know, if the flood, like in Fort Myers, if you had a house that had six feet of water, we cut everything out seven feet. So from seven feet down, drywall, insulation, the flooring, the carpets, the furniture. Um, You know, the refrigerator, the stove, the cabinets, everything has to be taken to the curb. I mean, it's quite a visual uh, mess, and and it's it's so humbling to be a part of that. And then very quickly, you know, we bring in commercial dehumidifiers and fans. I mean, God has blessed us with a half a million dollars of equipment just of dehumidifiers and fans. Every house will have those in them for about three to four days. We dry it out, and then we send a team in to spray it for mold because that's going to be the next big issue. No one's talking about that yet. For the next ten days, fourteen days, three weeks, uh, that's going to be a hot topic because mold will set in pretty quickly.
2: And this has to be done on how many properties, right? I, I mean, yeah. countless all around Florida. When you you know kind of spell it out for us, and then you think about the scope of the work, it sounds almost insurmountable.
1: You know, it can be overwhelming at times, but you know, it's it's one family at a time. I mean, yesterday. You know, we had a chance to serve, you know, about 8 to 10 families. That's not a lot. But then today's another 10 families, and tomorrow's a 20 families. And the next day is more volunteers show up. So, so far we have volunteers from 32 states, uh, many Western New Yorkers from Batavia, Alma, Orchard Park. I know there's churches in the city of Buffalo who've contacted us and said, hey, how long are you going to be there because we want to send a team down? We're going to announce next week, love to do that on WBN, but we're going to announce next week that we're going to extend our time in Florida. Um, the need is great. We had said we're going to be there for the entire month of October, uh, but we we're not going to be able to leave and and feel good about you know the fact that you know yes you helped out people but there's more that needs to be done. So uh, this is going to be a, this is going to be a marathon. This is not a sprint. There's no quick fix here.
3: You know you're seeing people at their weakest. I mean they're they're most vulnerable right there. How are they responding when you show up?
1: Well, first of all, they're, they're still in shock. I mean because so many yesterday we met some families that had been gone since the hurricane and we happened to be in a subdivision that had eight feet of water and we were watching people come back and see their house for the first time and it's it's overwhelming you know it's overwhelming for us as volunteers to be standing next to people who are seeing the first glimpse of the devastation you know so many times our volunteers we just sit there and we let them cry on our shoulders we hug them you know, we bring them a hot meal, we pray with them, we try to encourage them, and then very quickly help them. But it's humbling. People are in a dazed, they're in shock, but they are so grateful that people have traveled the country to come serve them. As one lady told me two days ago, you don't know me, I don't know you, but I'll never forget you. I mean, that's we just want to love and serve people in need, and right now the need is great
2: in Florida. It's incredible the uh, service that you're providing. The outpouring of support that's come to you in terms of volunteers, anyone looking to help, what's that been like?
1: It's been it's been really strong. You know, we, we have traveled the country for 17 years. We're pretty much still an all-volunteer organization. 50,000 volunteers have traveled the country with us uh, as we've responded to almost 70 disasters. So we have a strong volunteer base, but what I love what's going on right now, you know, people have been sitting on the sidelines for multiple years for multiple reasons. And yet we're all looking for a way to give back. If it's hosting somebody on a radio show, you're using your gifts to get the story out. If it's, if it's a, a single mom that goes down there and makes sandwiches for the volunteer, she's using her gifts. Um, but if it's, it's people right now are looking for a way to get back involved and, you know, get off the sidelines. And right now, the opportunity in Florida is great, and people can volunteer with us. Remember, it's free. We provide food and lodging. You just have to get to Florida. Uh, right now, Sarasota and Fort Myers is where we're at.
3: And what do you need? Is it money? Is it funding?
1: You know, we, you know, again, we're, we're a faith based ministry, interdenominational. You know, we believe that God always provides. We tell people this we have partners, they cover our fixed cost. Everything that you want to donate to help out with Hurricane Ian. We're a very unique organization. It doesn't mean that we're the best or, or that we're great. But everything that's donated right now goes 100% to families in need to, to Ian. It's 100% passed through. Nothing's taken out for you know, a salary or a truck or any of our equipment. That's already been taken care of. We need people. It's simple. We need people. If you can get to Florida, you don't have to be skilled. We're tarping roofs. We're doing chainsaw work, but we're mucking out houses and pulling limbs to the road. And we're making sandwiches and feeding people. We have a laundry trailer that is in Fort Myers. People are doing their laundry, um, just giving them the dignity to do their laundry. And we're doing laundry for them as well. Just the little things mean so much right now.
2: Well, it's good to know. And uh, anything anybody can do to help, Uh, where do they find you, Steve?
1: 8daysofhope.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Man, you know, even if. even just a simple quick prayer for those, these families. Again, you know, the other day I met a lady, Miss Amy, uh, they had just finished renovating their house. They had eight feet of water. Her and her two teenage daughters were in the attic praying that the water didn't come up when the water receded. And she said, Steve, I just kept praying and praying. And then she said, next day, volunteer showed up, helped me clean out my house and get out my house. She's overwhelmed. She says, Steve, I'm exhausted. Um, but she said right now, I, I feel like there's some hope. Steve,
3: We're going to keep checking in with you, but thank you very much for this morning.
1: Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for having me. And um, uh, again, thanks for sharing the story of the need in Florida. That's
3: Steve Tybor with 8daysofhope.com. That's
1: 930 in
4: 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of
0: WBEN Buffalo.